Yes, people, we are back. North London 40 in the building. Woo! My, na- my name is James Hamlin. My name is Inia Benigo. What's up, everybody? We're back after a one-week hiatus. Yes. An unexplained hiatus. Yeah. Um, yes, we weren't around when um, the NFL was in London. Mm-hmm. We um, didn't do a pod about it. Nope. We planned to do a pod about it. Yep. We didn't do a pod about it. It didn't happen. No. But... You know, as we promote on the pod, there's lots of ways to get lots of information about it. And we were going to do one this week, but, you know, everyone's moved on a little bit since then. But we're both out of the country, in different countries. Yes. At the time the NFL was in London. Mm -hmm. But even still, it was a fantastic time through everything we've read, everything we've seen. And, yeah, all the feedback we had was great. Shame it was a blowout, but it was always going to be. True. We move on. To next year, two games, we've said that. Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers and Jacksonville Jaguars and the San Francisco 49ers are back. hope everybody that went to any of the NFL events, whether it was going down to Nike Town, whether it was going to the game, whether it was going to the fan rally, whether it was going to the tailgate party, enjoyed themselves. Lots of our friends did and sounded like a wonderful time. Yep. All, all pluses from our friends, so... We'll see you next year, NFL teams. So, I hope you missed us, because we missed you. Mm-hmm. A week away from podding. But now we are back. Yep. To talk about all things NFL. And to catch up on the comings and goings of week nine. And to preview week ten. But before we do that, some housekeeping. At NLDN40 on the Twitter nldn40.tumblr.com mixcloud.com forward slash nldn40 northlondon40 at gmail.com those are the ways to get in touch with us interact with us we hope you like our little bonus pod that we dropped our little rules pod that was nice yeah got some good feedback from that um, yeah I'm glad people listened and hopefully it helped some people that were at Wembley Stadium hopefully it will help some of you that for watching the game or the highlights on the BBC and um, yeah sorry about that earth buzz that's on it yeah. I don't know who did that uh, but it was it was all done quickly because we thought we might not be able to do a pod and we do a lot of little bit of a back to school pod so um, but you know missed you I missed you too James it's been too long it has been too long whenever whenever we don't see each other it's too long mm-hmm. but it, it was a two week hiatus but we were back but so the NFL keeps going we're now officially past the halfway point of the season yep the fun don't stop even despite the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers being the matchup on Thursday night football Whew. that must have been one of the most uh, one of the lowest rated games of all time it probably was and I was in the beautiful land of the United States of America all of last week we will say this, people. Obviously, we promote watching American football in any way you can, being English people in any... We've actually got quite a few international people listening to the pod. I was looking at the stats uh, the other day, actually. So, yeah. shout to all you overseas crew. Mm-hmm. Being in the States, watching it in US time, awesome. It's the joint. It's jealous. That's all I can be. I was jealous. I was not in the beautiful fair land of the United States and... I was I was in Africa and it's it's a lot harder to watch the game live. That it is. 
Starts early though. Got to get on it early. But that's a beautiful thing about West Coast. Think about it. You can go out the night before, get really yep. drunk. The first game is what, 11 o'clock? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Even better. You're in bed, you watch the first set of games, you muster some courage, and then next thing, next round of games, by 1, uh, 1 p.m. you can go and have lunch somewhere, go to a bar, meet your friends. Then what, the late game's at 4, 7, if it's on the West Coast? So 10 a.m. game, mm-hmm. 1 o'clock game. Yeah. Five o'clock game. Yeah. Boom. The life. My life for one week only. But it's good to be back in the yeah. best city in the world. Just enjoying this sport in a slightly later time zone. Yeah. But it's all good. Week nine. Started with quite a dull Kansas City Chiefs San Diego Chargers game. A must win game for Norv. It was and, and the Chargers won thirty one thirteen and we probably won't talk about it much. Indianapolis Colts, 23. A team we've been hyping up F-loads on the pod over the last couple of weeks. Miami Dolphins, 20. Indianapolis Colts, great win. An amazing win. This is going to be a game to watch out for in the future. This is going to be the new Peyton versus Tom. This is going to be the new Tom versus Eli. This really? is going to be the new NFL rivalry, I feel. I feel right now... Luck and Tannehill. Mm-hmm. Heard it here first, peeps. Think about it. This Colts team, the majority of their players on offense, apart from Reggie Wayne, rookies. They're only going to get better. Yes, now, right are. now, we're halfway through the season. You know, they've they've done well, better than expected. They've gone through tumultuous times with their coach. And more power Chuck to them. Pagano was back yes. at the game watching this one. It was a, it was an amazing sight to see. Did you watch his post game press conference? Not I press conference, but locker room speech. I did. Touching, incredibly touching. Hand in the air, sports weeper. For for all for all the macho posturing that goes on in the NFL, it was something. I think the word you're looking for is braggadocio. Braggado, sorry, braggadocio. Even even better, I love that word. For all for all the braggadocio that goes on in the NFL, it was it was an amazing sight. Really heartwarming to see the coach get up there and say, you know, he wanted to dance at his daughter's wedding day and lift the Lombardi trophy and it's, it's amazing and Yeah, it's just amazing. Even now I'm getting a little bit choked up. But yeah, this is going to be one of the matchups to watch out for in the NFL season in the future, I feel. Yeah, two teams definitely on on the up. And, you know, I've become very attached to this Dolphins team. We followed them through hard knocks. We thought they were going to be absolutely doo-doo. They've been great. And this was another game they could have won. They could be 7-1 and one right now. But they're 4-4. Four and four, And, you know, if you ask any Dolphins fan going into the season, would they take 8-8? Eight and eight, I think they would. Tannehill, nearly 300 yards on the ground. Reggie Bush, some... Flashes of Reggie Bush brilliance. Probably need to see a little bit more from him. But that little jump cut for that touchdown was amazing. It was smooth. Oh. Need to get the ball to him more often, that's for sure. This game was all about one man. He broke a National Football League rookie record. 30 of 48 passing. 422 yards. Take a bow, Andrew Luck. That, that's him taking a bow right there and that little bit of silence. He deserves it. He really does. We've been talking a lot about Black Jesus on this pod, and personally, I feel 
he deserves a lot of talk and he deserves a lot of accolades. But Andrew Luck has gone in there and and performed exceptionally well. Right now, he has the same exact statistics as Peyton Manning. Now, you're looking at me quizzically, James. Same exact stats how? Five and three. Oh, sorry. This season. I thought you meant at this point in the no, 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 no. Okay, fine, yes. Five and three this season. Yep. Through 2,404 yards. Exactly. Both of them. Wow. And to think that everyone was thinking, oh, the Colts, this will be a down year. Maybe they'll be a bit like the Rams. Maybe they'll have to rely on the, on the legs of Adam, Adam Vinatieri to really get them some points. But no. Andrew Luck has been amazing. And especially what was great about this performance. He did it without really much of a running game. I watched the majority of the first half, and they couldn't get it going on the ground at all. So that meant a lot of long-distance third downs. We're talking third and 14s, third and 12s. And Andrew Luck just happened to find an open receiver more often than not. He did, and, you know, can the Colts make the playoffs? Right, so if you look at their schedule... They're at Jacksonville Thursday night that we spoke about. They're at New England. Then they've got Buffalo at home. Then they're at Detroit. Then they've got Tennessee at home. Then they're at Houston. Then they're at Kansas City. Then they've got Houston. Three and a half maybe tough games there. You're looking at the two Houston games and the New England game. Could go nine and seven. And that could be enough. Could be enough. Possible wildcard contender. If you look at Andrew Luck's statistics right now, he is... On pace to have as good of a rookie season as Matt Ryan did the first year. Really? Mm-hmm. And we know where he went. From one rookie quarterback that everybody's talking about to another rookie quarterback that everybody's talking about. RG3, a.k.a. Black Jesus. Mm-hmm. 13. Against last year's rookie quarterback that everybody was talking about. Cam Newton and his Carolina Panthers, 21. This is a rough day for RG3 in the capital. It's unfortunate. Do we start off talking about this game or should we mention the Redskins rule right now? Tomorrow is the election in the United States. It is. There is... This theory called the Redskins rule, which is effectively the last home game that the Washington Redskins play before the election decides, well, the the election. Yep. If the Washington team wins, the president stays. stays. If they lose, he's out. So effectively, don't bother going to vote tomorrow. We all know what's going to happen. Unfortunately, we do. To put even more weight on RG3's shoulders. Well, uh, he definitely felt the weight on Sunday. And it's a, it's a bit unfortunate because this Panthers team really hasn't gone to show that it's really contender at all. And yeah, it's, it's true. But, you know, somebody this season who's been responsible for many a media gaffe Mm-hmm. Could have unintentionally helped someone else that's made many a media gaffe <laughs> over the last few months. Good to see Cam getting the win. Mm-hmm. He played well. 13 to 23, 201 yards, and a TD. Ran for eight times for 37 yards and a score. 
But I think it was about the Panthers' D for me. RG3 got smacked up. He didn't have time to run. He didn't have time to basically do anything. And this is a Redskins team that, look, it's getting hurt. Fred Davis is out. Pierre Garçon's been out since the first game of the season. This guy can't do it all. Maybe coming back down to earth a little bit with RG3, but tough loss. But, you know, the Panthers aren't the worst team in the NFL. They had a record that said that they were potentially going to be. Good win for them. Not quite sure how good either of those teams are. Well, uh, it didn't help that the, the, the Redskins effectively called out the Panthers by making this game their homecoming game. And for those of you that don't know, being the homecoming team, i.e. play a team during their homecoming weekend, basically means that you're a patsy. Now, during my, <laughs> during my short-lived American football career, my team was once the, the team that was playing at a homecoming weekend, and it was horrible, absolutely horrible. We lost... We lost by at least four or five touchdowns. In fact, my coach gleefully has a picture of me, or had a picture of me, I don't know if he still has it. Gleefully had a picture of me running, trying to chase down a running back who was about a good 25 yards ahead of me. And he wanted to use that for me for motivation to show that, you know, you can never stop playing on defense. But yeah, the, the Redskins had their lovely little throwbacks, they had fake little leather helmets, and that did enough to piss off the Panthers, and that's why the Panthers won. You're right. Moving on. Some other early games. This team is, well, unstoppable, but terrible and amazing in patches, it's safe to say. <laughs> the Chicago Bears... 51, the Tennessee Titans, 20. Or should we say the Chicago Bears defense, 51? Yeah. When, when, if you haven't had a chance to listen to our rookie pod, there's a, there's a quite an amazing part where James explains a lovely chant that you should be, um, that you should be saying during, during the game. And what was it again? Defense. 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 And that's exactly what the Chicago Bears did. Unbelievable game. Charles Tillman causing four fumbles on the day. Brian Erlacher running through treacle to return an interception. This is a team that challenges themselves to score on the first play. Not the offense. The defense challenges themselves to score on the first play. And they did. This is amazing. So much so that Charles Tillman even said this week, Brian Erlacher came up to him. He's like, this week I want to score a touchdown. And Charles Tillman said to him, Brian, believe in yourself. Believe in the power of the tongue. If you say it, it will happen. And guess what? It happened. Power of the tongue. Yeah. I, I thought that was a bit risque as well. But You know, strong believer in positive mental thought. Mm. It's part of the battle. But this defense is unbelievable. Five turnovers, four by Tillman, as Inyo just mentioned. Erlacher, the latest Chicago Bear to return a defensive touchdown. This team is going to set records this year for defensive touchdowns. It's outperforming the Chicago Bears' defenses of 1985. It's incredible. It was an amazing spectacle. It was 28 points in the first quarter. And it was a great thing to see. The... 
The Bears, when the Bears go on the road, they're a bit like the New York Yankees. They've got supporters absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. Places filled with Bears fans. It was just ridiculous. But at this point, I think they were up 35 points to three. The offense didn't do anything. And then in the second half, Cutler just decided to get hot and throw three touchdowns to do Brandon Marshall. Yeah. Matt Forte, 100 yards on the ground and a touchdown, looking like the real deal. Matt Forte earning that big money contract. I just don't understand how sometimes this team, like last week, like in the Detroit game, can look so bad. And then some weeks, they look like a Super Bowl favourite. Sunday, they look like a Super Bowl favourite. Oh, definitely. I think a lot of people have moved them up in their rankings after this performance. And, and that basically sets up an amazing game next week between the 7-1 and Bears, or Da Bears, and the 7-1 and Texans. That should be a great game. At Soldier Field, Sunday night, late, NBC, Al Michaels, Chris Collingsworth... Slash Channel 4, Nat Coombs, Mike Castle. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. That's a quad box of talent right there. The Texans have lost to an amazing Aaron Rodgers performance, but have looked a lot more consistent Mm. than the Bears have. So it's going to be a really interesting match to see what type of Bears team turns up and where that result goes. So definitely one of the picks of Week 10. For absolute sure, but Bears 7-1, and one, all good. Moving on to the late games. Okay. <clears throat> Three late games this week. Inye's Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Officially got taught how to Dougie <laughs> by Mr. Doug Martin. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 42, Oakland Raiders, 32. So, last week, we did a pod. We would have waxed lyrical about Doug Martin's breakout game. So, Doug Martin, we haven't spoken about him a lot on the pod this year because he hasn't really done a lot. Came in out of Boise State, second rounder, and took the starting job from LeGarrette Blunt. And lots of hype. He got drafted very high in fantasy leagues due to the problem associated with every running back outside the top three. He's been steady, a steady Eddie, picking up a few um, scores here and there. Last week, 200 yards of all-purpose yardage against the Vikes in Minnesota. Last night, he absolutely smacked up the Raiders. Four touchdowns. One yard, 45 yards, 67 yards, and 70 yards. It's on NFL.com. You have to see this man in action. He's fast. He's got quick feet. He can juke people. 25 carries, 251 yards on the floor. This was a fantastic performance. Made all the way better by the fact that the Oakland's run defense is not actually that bad. He really just tore it up and... In a in a game early on in the season, but actually could really determine the fate of the two teams. The Bucks ran away with this game, and they're now four and four. The Raiders three and five. And and the important thing about being halfway through the season, if you're five hundred, that puts you in a much better stead for making the playoffs. And the Buccaneers, 
even though they've had their issues, even though their coach is a bit of a dick, they they're four and four. We called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers out on our preview pod as a team to watch out for. Again, a bit like the Dolphins. They've been in games they should have won. They've got offensive firepower. Josh Freeman's playing well. Shout to our man Gothic Football. Yep. Hopefully he's enjoying this. But this team are looking good. I like where they're going. New Orleans are terrible, so they've got a two-game lead on them. Again, possible wildcard contender in the NFC. I think so. I really like this team. Other late games of interest. Seattle Seahawks, 30. Minnesota Vikings, 20. This was a battle of the two leading rushers in the NFL. The beast, that is, Marshall and Lynch for the Seattle Seahawks. The finesse, that is, Adrian Peterson of the Minnesota Vikings. I love everything Adrian Peterson is doing in this comeback. 17 carries, 182 yards, averaging 10.7 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. If anybody would say that he'd be leading the NFL in rushing in week nine, this is just such an incredible story. Mm-hmm. You know, I read something about it's a testament to how medicine has advanced and it, it, it showcased the performances of Matt Forte and Adrian Peterson this week, how players can come back from terrible cruciate knee injuries through to medical science and come back. And look, I, I get it. I understand all that, and I, I just, but I just can't imagine what having an injury like like that is. And you know, you just got to doff your cap. The league is better with Adrian Peterson at his peak. Yeah, it's just a better place. It's a better sport, and he is at his peak. Is it a better world? It is. It is. I mean, it is. But you know, was on the losing side. Seahawks. Paul went out again. Russell Wilson, three TDs. I went all the way to Seattle, and yeah, all the way. All the way. Came back without a nickname for Russell Wilson. So we'll still start with the ballad of Russell Wilson. Yep. Yep. Please, listeners, if you've got something better, send it in. Um, or my Seattle crew, <laughs> let me know. But no, one one just didn't hit me, unfortunately. Um, we carry on without it. Both teams five and four? They are. Both teams are indeed five and four. I keep on saying the win-loss records of the teams and it's not because I'm stuck for things to say, but I think it's important to, to state this now because at some point as we go on through these pods, we're going to just mainly be focusing on the teams in the hunt for the playoffs, in the hunt for the the, the, the respective divisions. And, and it's important now that we, we start setting the table for that. Yes, we will. As the season draws to its climax, unfortunately... Or fortunately, mm-hmm. we won't be talking as much about the Jacksonville Jaguars yeah. and the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. and the Cleveland Browns. Or the St. Louis Rams. Or the St. Louis Rams. Notice how a lot of these teams are coming to London. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Late game. They remain unbeaten. They are the only unbeaten member of the Bird Gang. Burr! Atlanta Falcons, 19. Tony Romo and his Dallas Cowboys, 13. Close game. 
wasn't a classic. Atlanta got the W in the end. They're unbeaten. Who would have thunk it? Scrappy win. It was indeed. But this is sometimes this is what you need to carry yourself over the line. We see this in football. We often say that a hallmark of a champion is earning a scrappy win. And ultimately, the Falcons won this game with four field goals. But more importantly, some interesting things taking place outside of this game. Of course, things taking place outside involving the Cowboys often involves one person and one person only. Jerry Jones. Yep. So, first of all, he was, in, he was interviewed before the game yeah. and gave a less than endorsing sort of support to his head coach, Jason Garrett, a.k.a. Sergeant Brody. <laughs> I think it's time for him to maybe looking for an exit because I don't see him lasting much longer. I, I honestly see Garrett being out the door. I uh, the, He's got... I think I don't even think he's anywhere not particularly close to being 500 as head coach of of the Cowboys. I think this Tony Romo experiment is done. Ooh, I, I know it's early to say that, and I know that last week he had four interceptions and then threw for 400 yards. But at some point, you've got to you've got to be more than just be in close games. And for all the the flack that. Michael Vick and the Eagles have gotten, they're usually in close games and win those games, as opposed to the Cowboys, who... Schadenfreude was the perfect word for them. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Continue to make these bonehead plays at very crucial times. And, you know, that's that's a mark of bad coaching. But, you know, Enya is calling shots fired all over this one. A little bit too early for me. Two games back, the division leads. Two and a half games back, the division leads. I don't think it's over. I think they could go on a run. The Giants went on a run last year. But I don't think it's over. But better decision-making has to happen. Players need to come back. They lost Sean Lee, their best defender. Romo plays well in November, traditionally. Mm-hmm. Crap in December, but well in November. They've got to go 7-1. and one. If they're going to make the playoffs. So, <clears throat> so they're on a Jerry Jones heartbeat of the team after being interviewed earlier on. He's miffed. The team lost again. They're, they're on a losing streak and it's, it's, it's frustrating him. So he wants to get in there and he's known as a hands-on owner. He wants to get into the locker room and just be around the players as they, they get interviewed. And he, he goes into the locker room and he can't go in. Now, this is unusual because the locker rooms are generally open. Anyone can particularly go in if they've got credentials. But someone must have been holding the door closed that he couldn't get in. Now, I'm not saying there's a smoking gun, but if your team doesn't want your owner to come in, that's got to mean something. Maybe he just rolled up too many towels and whipped players across the naked ass just too many times and this was it it was just he rebellion. was distracting the players that, yeah, that's it's the just problem. rebellion just rebellion no more maybe but you know the, the man's put in a lot of money into this team this is you know some people also view unfairly maybe have got a bit of a bigger reputation than they really have because so when was the last time they actually won a Super Bowl we're talking 96 January the 28th, 1996. That's a long time ago. Yep. 
that's like saying that Liverpool's the dominant football team in England. <laughs> yeah, they're far from that. Yeah. But quickly, let's have a quick look at the Cowboys' schedule. It's actually not as difficult as I thought it would be. They've got the Eagles next, another team in disarray. Yep. Cleveland, That's Washington, a That's a Philadelphia win. again. Possible win. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, New Orleans, and Washington. I may have actually shot my guns a little bit early. Actually, screw it. I'm sticking with my prediction. Fine. Cowboys are out, say any. Sorry, Cowboys fans. Yep. Inye is shots firing all over your season. But based on what you've seen, who can blame the man? So that was week nine. Not the most exciting of weeks. However, maybe if you were a gambler that likes to lay the favourite, maybe it was. Really interesting week because if you look at all the favourites going into the week, Denver, Green Bay, Detroit... Baltimore, Houston, Chicago, and Seattle. All of them won. Las Vegas got mutilated this week. Absolutely destroyed. Quote from Jay Cornegay from Las Vegas Hotel Superbook. He'd never seen a regular season Sunday like it. When the favourites didn't win, which was Miami and the Redskins... Nobody bothered betting on those games anyway. Wow. You know, we know we never like to shed a tear for the bookies, but if you've been in there on Sunday, I think you missed the trick. I didn't gamble on Sunday. I should have. (laughs) I should have. Damn. It's one of those weeks. Great week in the NFL. We've seen better this season. We will see better this season. Anything else happening in the NFL this week? Well, speaking of um, people that have lost money... We've seen, ah. we've seen Ravens offensive tackle Bryant McKinney dismiss a story that was widely reported. Oh, I love this. About him owing a 375,000 tab from two Miami strip clubs, one of them being the King of Diamonds. So the person that McKinney owes the money to, or is alleged to owe the money to, is the one and only Charles Pop Young. And who is he the father of, James? He's the father of Trick Daddy. Trick Daddy. Trick.com. I'm a thug. <laughs> Trick loves the kids. Little did he know that um, that his dad actually was a manager at one of the uh, one of these strip clubs but McKinney actually went ahead and said that he got no papers he, he I was never served I just called my lawyer about this because this is a bogus story people can put anything out there what strip club gives you a 375,000 tap it just sounds stupid to me I've never heard of this in my life this is bogus to me for it even to be reported as stupid to me this is a bit of a shame because I absolutely adored the story when I first read it. Yeah, so did I. But I, I just want to believe it's true. <laughs> but but if you think about it, we, we talked about this actually earlier on when we were doing the pods in the summer and we were talking about the trouble the NFL players were getting. Because of the players, a lot of the players wear helmets and because of the offensive linemen don't actually, you know, they're not very well recognised. How could he have run up a bar tab that much? 
Did the old Arthur Daly stick it on the slate, Dave? <laughs> Consistently. I guess so. And you know, we've watched Broke. Mm-hmm. We've seen how easy it can be. Yep. Still like that. True. Talking of Broke, much better ESPN 30 for 30 on last week. It's on YouTube. You can find it. The Ghosts of Old Miss. Fantastic viewing people. Absolutely essential. A history lesson reflecting on an incredible event in American history. This is only 50 years ago. And this is the staggering thing. It's the story of the 1962 Ole Miss Rebels football team that went unbeaten that year. But are shrouded in the controversy that occurred that season when Ole Miss admitted its first ever black student, which led to riots on the Mississippi campus. It tells the story of the team. It tells the story of the incident. It's just incredible, incredible TV. Wright Thompson from ESPN and ESPN the magazine writes and narrates the piece. It's essential viewing. It really is. Broke aside, it's been a nice little 30 for 30 series. 9.79 was was a top three 30 for 30 for me. But this goes to our miss. This is really good. Really worth watching. What else is going on? Outside of the NFL? Of course, it's been a good week. Oh, good couple of weeks we Every had. Every week's a good week. Every, yeah. I, positive reinforcements. The power of the tongue. That's what we should be going yes. with. Last week, there was the Meek Mill album that came out. And Verdict? Yeah. It was dwarfed by the week before. An the amazing week before Meek. <laughs> the, yeah, the week before Meek. Or as, as our hip-hop correspondent, Rob Percy, said, Leak Mill. Why do you say that? Because, uh, well, invariably, albums get leaked before they came out. So I prefer my name. All right, all right. Meek Mills. All right, all right, let's move away from the Meek Mill. Right. The Meek Mill puns. The week before that was the release of the Kendrick Lamar Good Kid Mad City album. Met to universal acclaim. It is the apart album. Apart from the enemy. Apart from the enemy, which, you know, let's be honest, music criticism in 2012 is all about trolling for clickbaits. So people will just say stuff in order for people to share it on Twitter and just be angry at the fact that one critic didn't like it. And that critic will be happy because that means the review got more page views than anyone else. Yes. Look, we live in an era where people people post links to a fake Ghostface killer reviewing albums when invariably it's obviously some kid in his basement pretending to be Ghostface killer. Yeah, some bloke called Neil in Woking. Yeah. Yeah. Some in his mum's flat writing, pretending to be Ghostface Killer. It's it's sad. If the listeners haven't checked out the Kendrick Lamar Good Kid Mad City <laughs> as yet, tell them why they need to do that. Going ahead from one of our favourite podcasts, I know we we don't just listen to ourselves all the time. We listen to Hollywood Prospectus quite a bit as well. We do. They said that it was the best rapped album. Of the year, and I have to agree. Kendrick raps in about five or six different voices. Yep. He brings together a story of his life in 2004 
It's amazing. There's a great level of detail in this album that you often miss from hip hop. It's it's my favourite concept album since A Grand Don't Come from fr- Come for Free. But what's the concept? I say it's a concept. Like you're right. It's not really a concept album. I think the phrase concept is just used for it. It's basically just it's a story. It's him telling a fragment of his life. A fragment of 2004 explaining, you know, trying to have sex with a hood rat, trying to avoid the peer pressure of his friends, uh, his mum and dad trying to chase him down, getting their food stamps for dominoes. All these different aspects pulled together in an album that tells a snapshot of, of his life and it kind of reinforces the idea that a debut album of a rapper will often be the most clear, distinct view of a rapper than you'll ever get throughout his, the rest of his career. It's such a triumph, and I think Inyo sums it up brilliantly. We live in an age now where rappers bring out their first LP, and it's just you're just in a state of just who cares, no. you know. And that's not to say there hasn't been some brilliant LPs this year. There absolutely has, and some good debuts. This is just an LP in the way that. You used to buy LPs, one LP a week, yep. one LP every two weeks, and you listen to it, and you'd start at the start, and you'd go to the end, and the journey would take you there. This is exactly like that, and we live in an iPod, multi-shuffle generation of, and LPs come out now that are just full of club bangers, and there's nothing wrong with that, mm-hmm. but this is an LP that... You don't get it till the second or third listen. You just yep. don't get it. Yep. And it's designed for that. And it's just, it's unstoppable. You know, it is the best rap album of the year. It's contended to be the best album of the year. I think it can be that. And it's just, it's just something everybody should, should bask in. Mm. He's coming to London in January on a Sunday. Hope it doesn't clash with playoffs, even though I think <laughs> it's going to. I think so. But yeah, we can be in two places at once for that. So yeah, it's a really, really great listen and, and recommend everybody checks it out. Can I ask you two questions? You may. First of all, how many listens did it take for you until you got it? First listen, I loved it till I really got it. Maybe two or three. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, I'm as guilty as anyone of just flick, 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 flick. Yeah. I've got ten minutes to analyse this. You know, mm-hmm. I want to do, do on a show or, or something. But like, I think two or three. But it was just... Along the way, the cool thing about the experience of getting to know the album is all your friends will be getting to know the album at the same time. Yeah. And lots of, lot, there wasn't as much itty bitty, Facebook tweety, just packets of banger, banger, banger information. Yeah. Everyone was immersing it at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that added to the experience and the experience is still going on today. Yeah. Now that you're, you're really into it, what are your standout songs? It's a great question, but again, like those great LPs, it's not like, yeah, banger, 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 fluff. Mm -hmm. I kind of like them all equally. And that's a bit of a fluffy thing to say, but I love Poetic Justice featuring Drake. I think it's brilliant. I love Bitch Don't Kill My Vibe. I think it's brilliant. Swimming Pools. I love Compton. Yeah, I just, I like all of it. You know, it's it's a bit of, it's a bit of a cop-out, but... You know, it's that type of record. I I, th- I totally agree with you. I'd say maybe Money Trees would be one of my standouts, but 
But it's one of those, th- it's one of those albums that you do end up, it's not an album necessarily that I find myself listening from start to finish. I will occasionally feel the need to, you know, oh, I want to hear Poetic Justice or I want to hear, for example, Good Kid Mad City is probably one of my favorites. I absolutely love the fact that it's two songs with a little interlude in the middle and it's great to hear MC8 come in, come in, <clears throat> come into play on that song as well, but but yeah, just an amazing and all-encompassing piece of work, and it's fantastic. If you're not watching the NFL, Good Kid, Mad City, Kendrick Lamar, essential pickup. Listen to it while you're watching the NFL. It works for me. Let's look at Week Ten. Let's figure out what's going on in the crazy world of the NFL in Week Ten. We're also, before we do, running a week and a half away from that classic American celebration that is Thanksgiving. Or as I like to call it, Christmas warm-up. 22nd of November, the sports bar in Moorgate. And I myself will be there. Tickets available. It's all over our Twitter. Find it from there. They're on Sky Sports yesterday. They got a little shout-out. Saw that. Well. That was legit. Really that good. was nice. So don't just take our word from it that mm-hmm. this this issue's official. Moorgate, we will be there. RG3 will be there. Tebow will be there. Yeah. The Detroit Lions will be there. Turkey will be there. Cranberry sauce. Candy yams. It's going to be brilliant. Tickets available. 20 quid gets you a free meal. Gets you three games of American football. Gets, gives you a chance to meet Inia and myself and break bread with us. Yep. Or break a, break a turkey leg. Turkey leg. Wishbone. Any of those things. So that'll be good. We'll get next week, we'll get one of the organisers of the party on to tell you a little bit more about that and really hype it up for you. Um, but if you haven't got a ticket yet, they are selling fast, so I am told. So, week 10. Early games. There will be games. There will be NFL. There will be football. There will be. We're trying to pick out our classic games for next week. And that's the beauty of it, folks. There's always great stuff. There's always great things to talk about. Nothing from the early games actually really stands <laughs> out. Do you know what does stand out? Go on. Red Zone. That's yes. what that's what you should watch. The greatest invention of all time is what you should be watching on Sunday afternoon. You should. Nine early games. Hard to pick a classic amongst them, but there will be one. And then you can red zone your way to that. And when you find out it is a classic, you can fire up your game pass and you can watch it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Three late games. Jets. Will they be starting Tebow? Not sure. No, they Seattle. Won't. They won't be starting Tebow. We were away last week. We could have been talking about this, but no, they're not going to start Tebow. They won't. Texans, Bears, we spoke about. Definitely the pick of the week, the late Sunday night game. And Monday night, the Chiefs at the Steelers. (sighs) The Chiefs are lucky. They're lucky that they beat the Saints, because otherwise they would be battling with the 2008 Lions for an 0-16 season. They would. I think, what, fa- I think one of the best things from last week was when Romeo Cornell was asked after the game, why did Jamal Charles only touch the ball eight times? He said, not sure. <laughs> the fact that they haven't led at all in regulation. I want, I want them to trade Jamal Charles to a decent team. <laughs> do you think they'll do it out of the goodness of their heart? They'll be like Arsene Wenger. Oh, yeah, go on. No. 
This has been week nine. Next week will be week ten. This has been North London 40. Thanks for listening. Take care.